This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Hey, it's Greg Stanley. If you're listening to this podcast, you know I love everything automotive. This passion has expanded to include being a car specialist consultant for RM Sotheby's. So if you need assistance buying or consigning a collector car at any one of our online or live auctions, including Scottsdale, Amelia Island, or Monterey, you can reach one of our car specialists at rmsotheby's.com or you can email me directly at gstanley at rmsotheby's.com. Welcome to another uh, episode of the Collector Car Podcast. Something different. Uh, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know I'm not necessarily an open wheel race car guy. But RM Sotheby's has quite the sale coming up here in a couple of weeks. So uh, to help us talk about some of these cool things that are coming up for sale, I've got John Sulman. John, how are you doing today? Good, Greg. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. And uh, since this is your first time to the podcast, you do work for RM Sotheby's. Could you tell us a little bit about what you do for RM? Sure. So um, I wear a number of uh, different hats here at RM, and um, one of them is uh, I coordinate uh, special projects such as this that may be outside of our um, standard offerings. Okay, so this is like a, with like a one-off collection that maybe isn't tied into like Amelia Island, Pebble Beach, that kind of stuff? Right, so um, the one-off collections that aren't um, usually part of our calendar sales um, that have uh, unique items in them uh i'm i'm from time to time asked to get involved and uh i really enjoy that role um professionally i'm also a uh, attorney by trade so uh this is this is a great opportunity to uh be able to involve myself in other parts of the business well you know it is something fun i really enjoy about rm in that i never know what the next crazy collection is going to be announced like i'm not on the inner track or i'm part of these conversations i get I get the email announcement like the day before the rest of the world sees it. And when I saw this come out, I was like, wow, that's that's super cool because I'm not an IndyCar guy, but I know some folks that are. Uh, this is the era that I remember, you know, the logos on these cars are really cool because they bring back such a period in the 90s. Um, so just from an overview, tell us what is being auctioned off and where you know i mean i know where this is audio and video so i'll have some of the pictures up here on the youtube channel but what sure. exactly are we auctioning off so we are auctioning off some of the uh favorite best um parts of the newman haas race team uh so we have a number of open wheel cars we've got memorabilia ranging from gloves to race worn uh race suits to uh, watch that uh, Carl Haas, who was uh, one of the partners in the race team, wore to many, many uh, victory celebrations. Um, there's trophies there, there's all sorts of great stuff. And from a uh, historically significant um, uh, perspective, there's some, there's some great race cars that um, won a number of races and had some drivers uh, that were at the top of their game um, driving these things. So I can say from a, from a team, we're, we're super excited about this, this collection and, um, and, and think that it'll, it'll really uh, pique the interest of a number of collectors. Yeah, you did a great job there, kind of giving an overview. And we'll go into a couple of these I picked out. So I did start with kind of the automobilia 
the nine sure. race car stuff first for my general audience that maybe not are not uh, open wheeled race car aficionados, but we will get to the big cars here shortly. So, you know, do you have a little insight as far as how this whole thing came about? Was it just, you know what, this stuff's been in our museum, whatever, in storage for a long time. We like to share it with the rest of the world. Was there something that precipitated this or was it just a timing thing? little bit of everything um so so i would say that uh in in open wheel racing and in motorsports uh this team was was legendary the principles were legendary the uh, success that they had were was unmatched um so a number of people in this world knew that this collection was still was still held um and and as they've had it for a number of years i think they thought it was time to uh allow some some other folks uh the opportunity to purchase and uh steward these these uh items it was also sort of a uh uh example of right place right time um we uh we were able to uh work with the team to put together what we thought was a very good um um offering so yeah, yeah, that's great. And as you're talking, I'm if you're on YouTube, I'm scrolling through the cars that are on offer here just for a, an overview as far as how long, large this collection is. And we've seen this at our auctions uh, from the Formula One world, some of these open wheel racers just being top tier collectibles nowadays. And it seems like it makes common sense that the Indy cars would follow suit. And I know that some of them have already traded for some pretty big dollars. One question I have, and I know this is a tough question, uh how do you come up with estimates on these because from a i know it becomes you know history it becomes who are the drivers um i see a, a big swing here from forty thousand dollars for one car to six hundred thousand dollars for another car so that has to be a little tough to kind of put some numbers on these cars correct yeah a uh, very fair question uh, it it was tough to um come up with estimates and uh, these estimates are um, put together uh, through uh, a lot of research and our research team, who I think is uh, best in the business, um, pulled a number of uh, comparators to these cars. And then they need to, uh, you know, look at the provenance, the history, the drivers, the, the races that um, each individual car won, um, and then some of the components that are there. Uh, so we think we've we've put a pretty conservative, uh, pretty conservative estimates on these on these cars. It's interesting because um, as uh, Zach Brown, uh, the CEO of McLaren, recently said when asked about these, um, you know, the the IndyCar and kart world, their collectibles are, we think, undervalued. And um, so we've put a conservative conservative estimates on these things and. Um, we think that uh, you know there's there's some really exciting stuff here that uh, have have provenance that um, is unmatched and um, people will really really enjoy um, these items. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And it's interesting because you mentioned the provenance and you know the races that were won. So this could be a scenario where you know what the forty thousand dollar car might just be. A practice car you know maybe it never was in a race you know maybe it was never even you know maybe it was just a backup car or something but then you've got you know the championship you know the car that took them to their one of their championships and uh, that's where you see the vast difference in valuation so uh, let's jump into some of these automobilia and some of the non-race cars first and you and I are not experts in automobilia but let's just kind of go through 
kind of our thoughts. So the first one I have here now, just as a reminder, let me look this up real quick. This actual auction is occurring on, let's see, what is it? October the 29th That's and correct. the 28th today. Yeah, so there's a there's a preview on the uh, 28th and uh, preview in the morning on the 29th auction uh, starts at one o'clock. Okay, and that's, and that's in the central Chicago area up at that's the right. uh, Haas building, correct? That's right, uh, in Lincolnshire, Illinois, and all the details um, are on our website. Okay, great. Yeah, so the first car I brought up here is like a kid's car, Newman Haas Racing, large scale, Mario Andretti number five model. Now the estimate on this is $3,500 to $5,500. And I know, you know, I don't know much about these other than typically kids' cars go nuts at auctions, right? I mean, I don't know if, you know, the guy just, you know, he's got his grandkid with him and he wants to get him something cool and you get a bidding war. Uh, what are your thoughts on these? Did you have one of these as a little kid? Um, I wish I had one of these as a little kid. I mean, <laughs> these these things are, uh, are, are, are pretty unique, uh, interesting, and, um, you know, the, the livery is is accurate to the time and it's uh, it, it's something. Um, so, I mean, there's some there's some really cool stuff there. Uh, certainly, you picked a good example of one. Well, it's funny because I you know, you can tell this is like a little tiny race car. I mean, you got to get in that thing snug. I, I don't think <laughs> I could fit my foot in there, much less my body. So so that right. is really, really cool. Mm-hmm. All right. This next one I wanted to pull up is uh, it's a really cool model. So it's a Newman Haas Racing Kmart Texaco Lola Ford Cosworth Nigel Manson model with display case. So this estimate's pretty, pretty uh, strong, 12 to 17 grand. But this is a super quality piece. Um, do you know much about this car other than it's got some great logos on it, obviously, and from the period racing? Right. And um, I, I think something like this that um includes uh nigel mansell um really uh speaks to the to the value of it because um nigel joined the team um after winning uh the f1 championship and then subsequently uh won the uh the the indycar championship um so i i think that this this is uh, one of those um pretty important memorabilia pieces that um is is era correct and uh speaks to a time of uh significant uh winning uh with the newman haas team yeah and i love the details on this i went ahead and flipped by it but if you look in the cockpit at the racing seat belts i mean the details are just outstanding uh just looking at this with the uh kmart logo i'm a child of the 80s and the 90s so some of these brands speak to me dirt devil uh and this is funny anderson racing or uh, anderson consulting which is no longer anderson consulting i had a roommate that worked for them in period uh so really detailed really cool really beautiful uh definitely one to keep an eye on all right let's see what we what do we have next here championship trophies so I just kind of picked one here. So this is a 2002 cart championship trophy, 4,500 to $6,500. I just got to imagine this is a stellar piece to uh, put in your man cave, right? As a conversation piece. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, think about how much effort and uh, sweat went into winning this, winning this trophy. Um, I mean, it's, as you just showed there, it's a Tiffany uh, and co um, design trophy. And uh, I mean, it just speaks to the success that the team had um, over many years. 
Yeah, that is really insane when you think about that. So if you're a one of these cart fanatics, definitely look at this because we have not one, not two, but quite a few trophies available uh, at this auction. All right, next is a Mario Andretti race-worn helmet, four to $6,000. Again, this one speaks to me because of all the little branding I, I mentioned before, but most importantly, it was race-worn by Mario, right? That's right, that's right. And the, the design um, is is uh very very period correct and um interesting so it's uh it, it would be a cool place a uh, cool piece to place um anywhere in in one's collection yeah very cool decal on the back mario 1994. now this is maybe a dumb question i don't know if you know the answer or not but do you know what the two holes are on either side of the texaco logo up top there i can't imagine what exactly that would be for i don't know all right I'll cut this part out. <laughs> All right, let's go to next. Now, this is pretty cool. You referenced it earlier, a Rolex watch. So this is one. It's a Zenith Daytona estimate, twenty to $30,000. Now, on the pre-call, you, you've summed it up very well. So why don't you tell our uh, listeners a little bit about this one? So this was um, Carl Haas's personal um, watch that um, was one of his favorites. He wore it to um many many victory celebrations and um so the provenance with it is quite unique and um the quality of the the rolex speaks for itself but i mean just think about all the 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 interesting events that uh carl wore this to and i think that uh that brings with it a very uh very interesting story yeah, it really speaks to the times now because Rolexes, as you know, have gone through the roof as uh, as a lot of the other luxury watches. But what separates a, you know, a silver Daytona Rolex from the other ones? And it comes down to rarity and provenance, you know, mm -hmm. and this one definitely has something that would be fun to uh, to talk to your friends about, uh, you know, when you're hanging out at the next indie race. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, we're moving into vehicles here. Now, I picked this one because this is back when uh, I had a, a Suzuki SV650 motorcycle, right when these were new. Uh, so this is a 2000 MV Augusta F4, um, but it's the Series Oro, which I know is a special edition one. Do you know much about these motorcycles? Um, about this particular motorcycle, yes. Um, and uh, I, I mean, when you say new, it, it is basically new. Um, there's 86 miles um, recorded on this. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's a, a, a great um, example of uh, uh, engineering, certainly. Yeah, I read a little bit about them in that it was, let's see, the, the S1 had this one's 30 to 45 grand. They only made 300 of these worldwide. And like you said, it is basically brand new mm -hmm. and it's got the incredible colors, uh, the red, silver, and kind of the gold underneath. And it has, I can't remember exactly. Okay. It has the yellow uh, speedometer because it was developed by, the engine was developed by Ferrari. That's correct which is really cool. So I'm going to scroll back here so we can see the yellow. You know, as a as a young kid on a motorcycle, I did not know why that was yellow, uh, the tachometer. And so after all these years, I finally know why that is yellow. They're super cool. They have the quad exhaust coming out of the back. Very, very cool. Uh, MV Augusta. And like you said, low mileage. I mean, this thing is practically new. So that is very, very cool. 
All right, we're moving actually into cars now. I don't know. You know what? We didn't talk about it earlier, but what kind of cars do you like? You work for a collector car auction house. Like, what gets you excited? Is a is it a uh, 1954 Jaguar XK120 or is it something else? <laughs> you know what? I I actually uh, really really like the idea of uh, open car uh, racers. Um, being able to take something like that out on a uh, on a on a weekend track day and uh, um, yeah. and push the car a little bit um that's 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 really where uh i have interest in uh, in vehicles and um it just so happens that this uh this sale is is jam-packed with them yeah yeah that's true now this one was personally owned by carl correct that's right that's right and um restored a few years back um beautiful colors um very very nice uh jaguar example yeah and the estimate on this one's 50 to 65 grand i won't spend too much on, time on this because i know we want to get to the race cars but uh really cool 1954 jaguar xk 120 for you those of you who have not heard it from me before uh the 120 stood for top speed which was a record at the time if you go back to my podcast the fastest car from every decade you'll know that jaguars had it for one decade uh so very cool uh, iconic car that you can buy while you're shopping for uh indy cars all right uh our first race car here this one's interesting because it's not an open wheel race car it's a 2007 ford fusion nascar and i brought this one up because i know nascars are pretty hot right now uh this was part of their night uh 2007 nascar bush series effort low price point 20 to thirty thousand dollars on this um and it has a roush yates race prepared v8 engine now you're a nascar guy at all uh, a little bit, but uh, I can tell you, being there, listening to this thing in the shop, um, it is uh, it's quite a machine for twenty to thirty thousand um, dollars. The 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 team put this together um, for uh, for a driver, and um, it is it's 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 a cool piece. That would be uh, that would be fun to have and uh, um, use a little bit from here here and there. Oh yeah, that would be a lot of fun. It currently doesn't have uh, much livery on it. I would cover it up with uh, Dirt Devils and Kmart stickers or something. Marion, I don't know, just to get that period vibe from the team is something that I would do. Right. All right. Uh, I did pull up, my, our last automobile here is this Toyota Motorsport engine with stand, five to $7,000. I just brought this up because I thought this would be cool to have in any you know, cave, man cave, woman cave, whatever you want to call it. Uh, just in the corner there. It's such an iconic engine. Um, is this something that you wouldn't mind having in your garage? <laughs> I'd love to uh, love to put something like that in my garage and uh, be able to talk about um, where it came from and the the engineering and um, what it was what it was used for. So it's uh, it's a it's a really cool piece. Yeah, yeah, it's very very cool. All right, so if you've tuned in to hear about open wheel race cars we are finally getting there so we're going to talk about this one uh the first one we have here is pretty iconic it's a 1984 lola cosworth cosworth t800 now this is not one of the practice cars this is one of the big cars estimates 500 to 800 thousand uh, dollars one of five examples built uh what do you know about this car did you have a chance to sit in this one 
Um, I have not uh, sat in it, but um, admired it there in, in person. And we had the the pleasure of uh, having uh, Mr. Andretti um, speak to speak to the collection. Um, if you see on our website, we've got a uh, we've got a pretty cool video with uh, Mr. Andretti and uh, Mr. Zach Brown as well um, speaking to uh to this collection in these cars and this particular car was um used in uh mario's uh, 84 season which was championship season um and uh you know obviously uh mario andretti is is uh one of the the biggest names in motorsports and in this he piloted um to to a championship season so we think this is one of the um premier and iconic cars in the collection and um, what would absolutely um, be a be a wonderful addition to to anyone's uh, collection. Yeah, it's interesting. I actually paused here on one of the photographs in the cockpit. If you look at the top gauge, it's interesting. It's the manifold pressure gauge and it's actually turned on its side. So I would assume, you know, that's probably if you know what, if that is if that arrow is pointing straight up, you know you got a big problem. Would be my reason, my reasoning as far as why they maybe turned it on its side. Now I did pull some additional uh, information just because I know a lot of folks listening to this podcast know who Mario is, but I just wanted to give a brief overview. And and our writers at RM Sotheby's are so good. If you don't get it, if you've never had a chance to read some of the copy to some of these cars, I highly suggest you do because the writing is so strong. So I'm just going to read a quick. Paragraph here, while I continue to scroll through some of these pictures, quite possibly the most successful racing driver of all time, Mario Andretti is that rare sports figure that so transcended his niche, he became a household name, a synonym for speed among average Americans. During the 42-year career, Andretti achieved countless metrics and superlative claims, winning 150 races in 950 starts across Formula One IndyCar, World Sports Car Championship, NASCAR, Midget Car, and Sprint Car Racing. Along the way, he roared to four Indy Championships and one Formula One Championship, and three times was voted Driver of the Year. So if you're not an Indy, or if you're not a Mario fan, after that paragraph, uh, I can't see how you cannot be a Mario fan, right? <laughs> That's right. And again, our uh, our writers and research team are uh, some of the best in the business, and their writing is... Uh, is uh, excellent yeah it's really really strong stuff all right our next car i wanted to talk about briefly let's see i just pulled it up on the screen here the 1991 lola chevrolet t91-00 now the estimate on this one's pretty big wide spread here 250 to 750 uh that tells me that this is somewhat specialized it might be a little harder to nail down but i know at the auction we'll figure out what this car is really worth based on the folks bidding on it uh, what do you know about this one? Any uh, any bullet points you'd like to share with the listeners? Yeah, so we just uh, talked about Mario Andretti, and um, this team had uh, Michael Andretti as well, um, Mario's son, uh, driving alongside him. Um, and this uh, is a is a Michael uh, championship car, um, f- his first championship, and um the it's equipped with its um 2.65 liter uh v8 um workshop manual laptop and cables so this is a uh historically significant car it it has all of its um acquired components 
um, and uh, it's been in the the Haas um, stewardship for for a number of years. So we think this is a is a pretty important car, and um, will be will be uh, very valuable to um, its its next owner. Yeah, I totally agree, and you can really see the wear, especially right now. I'm on the the driver's seat. You know, you can see the wear on the Texaco emblem there just from getting in and out of this race car uh, throughout that championship winning season. So it's that that patina on the car you want to see. You don't want to see it over restored. You want to see it as much as in race condition as you can. And it looks like this one is perfect. Just uh, really well presented. Well, you mentioned this is a big deal car. I think our next one is the really big deal car. So this one we're pulling up now. It's a 1993 Lola Ford Cosworth T93 slash 00. And this is the one that you kind of bref- you mentioned earlier. Now the spread on this one's 400 grand to 900 grand. Now this is the Nigel Mansell car. So what I know you mentioned earlier, but could you please repeat the importance of this car? <laughs> so um, yes, uh, we feel this is a, a extremely important car in the collection, and, and not just in the collection. I mean, this is. Um, an iconic car in uh, motorsports. Uh, Nigel Mansell won uh, the F1 championship in 92, and then um, he came and drove for the Newman Haas team in 93 and won the the IndyCar championship as well. Um, And and this car um, powered him to four out of five uh, of his victories that season. Um, And uh, I just, it is it is a car that an iconic dr- driver spent significant time in and um, has uh, just winning credentials. Um, so uh, we're we're very happy to be able to offer this car to um, to a new home. Yes, yeah, it's really cool. And like I said before, it falls right into that period look, uh, like all the other cars have. Uh, just a really cool, iconic, historic car that's available uh, at this sale. All right, we have one more to go. Now, I didn't want to end on that big car. I thought we might throw one more in there. And this one I found pretty interesting. So this is the 2002 Lola Toyota B02-00. Now, the estimate on this one is 200 to 600 grand. Uh, sounds like this one was pretty significant as well, but more for Lola. Is that right? Oh, this... This um, car is uh, is from a uh, you know a number of years later from uh, from 2002 and uh, Cristiano Damata drove this um, and in during his 2002 season um, and uh, contributed to Newman Haas's uh, fourth car championship season so. Um, Pretty important car uh, for the Newman Haas team, and um, yeah, excellent. Yeah, it's a really great car, and another reason it's important is it helped Lola learn earn its first Kart Constructors Championship. So uh, this is iconic uh, from a Lola perspective as well, uh, being the first one to do that. So some strong providence on this car. Uh, like I said, a lot of cool stuff coming to the auction. Uh, if you could, could you just give our listeners a little overview again as far as when and where they could see these cars and then uh, register to bid if that's what they want to do? Sure. So um, all of the important information is on our website, and I uh, encourage 
uh, people to go there um, at rmsotheby's.com. The sale um, is on October 29th in Lincolnshire, Illinois, and we have a preview on October 28th um, for people to uh, go and view the cars in person and um, really, really inspect them. Uh, also on our website are the complete catalog with a series of pictures um, to allow people to educate themselves on the on the vehicles and uh, memorabilia. Awesome, John. Well, thanks so much for joining us on the Collector Car Podcast today. Great. Thanks very much, Greg. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.